Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my guest is Melissa Jo Peltier. She's an Emmy Award winning documentary filmmaker, and her latest release is called The Game Is Up disillusioned Trump voters tell their stories. Now, I've been following Melissa for years on Twitter. She interviewed a whole bunch of people. Some have been on the show, including David Weissman and Joe Walsh. I am really looking forward to this conversation. Melissa is super cool. This movie is amazing. So before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup, and don't forget forget, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Melissa Jo Peltier. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Hi. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm doing as well as I can in these crazy times. You know, I just have to say, you know, we thought in 2020, I certainly didn't think everything was going to be fixed in 2020, but I, you know, I, I think we all figured when, when it was decided that Biden won that we could breathe and relax, but... I don't think we've gotten that opportunity. <laughs> you know, no, just... no. You know, uh, one of the people in my film says, um, uh, you know, I, I is one of he's a pastor, evangelical pastor. He says, you know, I really think we have four years to to ward off fascism, and I'm not even yeah. sure we have four years now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I'm really, it's it's hard. It's you know, it's hard to keep fighting, but we have to. Yeah. And, you know, before we start talking about your documentary, which I cannot wait to see because I have not seen it yet, but I have seen clips. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just want to kind of reiterate to my audience that you and I have been following each other on Twitter for some time. And it's kind of fun because this for me, my show is an opportunity to like meet people like you, <laughs> have in-depth <laughs> conversations and get to know you through this podcast. So I'm just grateful that you're on and I'm really grateful that you made this movie. Uh, it's called The Game Is Up. And so what inspired you to make this film? Well, it's the film is about it's called The Game is Up Dissolution Trump Voters Tell Their Stories. And what I couldn't really believe some of the things. I mean, right out of the box, Trump started the mm -hmm. Muslim ban. I mean, you know, all the things that um, that we feared he would do, he started doing. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he kept his promises in terms of the bad stuff. And <laughs> I thought you know there's going to be i know there's going to be republicans out there who, who don't agree with this yeah um at least some of the ones i knew i, right. I couldn't imagine them agreeing with this and in over since from like around the middle of 2017 to summer of 2018 on twitter i watched joe walsh <laughs> in real time change his mind about trump and mm -hmm. it was fascinating to watch the yeah. process it was just fascinating. Uh, and I just thought, wow, there's a story here, you know, in in how he he assimilated the new information and changed his mind and what pushed him over the edge. And I thought he would be like the canary in the coal mine. Like, yeah. that's what, what happened to all the Republicans. Not all, but, you know, what, mm -hmm. most Republicans would, would do what he did. They, they'd come to their senses, and it didn't happen. Right. Um, and so it became almost – I just really felt that – there's going to be people out there who don't agree with much of what he's doing and they're in the MAGA circles and they're afraid to change their mind. They're afraid to say anything. Mm. And 
I want to give them permission to change their minds. So I found, uh, well, I found four uh, stories and then another story, which is um, uh, some evangelicals, three evangelicals. Huh. And, um, and so, yeah, so we, I guess it's seven people in all. And we profiled them, how they, um, you know, from a farmer to a veteran to uh, a young Republican, you know, turning point person. Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. And we just broke down. I mean, I just had them tell their stories. Yeah. And to put it in context, uh, I had some experts commenting on a little here and there. Like we have a cult expert. We have, um, Hmm. I, I know, you know, Jen Merciasa. No, I don't know her. Oh, you don't? Oh, she's, a, um, you'll see her in the documentary. She wrote the cult, uh, no, sorry. She wrote um, uh, uh, The Rhetorical Genius of Donald Trump. <laughs> um, and her, it's called um, Demagogue for President, hmm. is the title of it. And she's a, a rhetorician in, in, at um, Texas A&M. Wow. And she breaks down how he uses language and how mm-hmm. he uses propaganda techniques. And so basically... I wanted people to understand why they got into this mindset mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily because they chose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so that was, that's the, wow. that's the documentary. And, um, Fascinating. and it's, we took it around to a lot of film festivals. Uh, and now it's out mm-hmm. on Amazon, uh, Google play Tubi, and a YouTube channel. And, you know, that's actually, I'm going to be watching it on Amazon. And I recommend, Great. yeah, if, if to all of my followers, if you choose to watch it on Amazon, just like with the book, give it a review. Because, you know, filmmakers, authors, every, everybody creative putting stuff on, especially in a social media world, we could all use good reviews. So just if you like the film, give it a review. Um, did you, when, when did you, you, oh, you're welcome. When did, when were you filming this? I mean, were you filming this during COVID? Yes. <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, you know, we we started with the Joe Walsh story. He was my first story. I called him up. He said, I'm in. Um, and so we started filming. He was at the Iowa caucuses and then he was in New Hampshire. And I, I remember coming back from New Hampshire. I got some sort of a flu. It wasn't COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and then we locked down like the next week. Wow. March. So crazy. uh, So it was like, what do we do? And I, my, my training is very old school documentary. You know, a lot of the work and a lot of the, you know, the inspiration and whatever happens when you're like there on site with the person in their house, seeing their life and couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And so Mary Carey, who's the producer, Mary Carey Craven, uh, who produced it with me, she and I went back and forth every day, just like tearing our hair. What do we do? What do we do? How long is it going to be? Uh, you know, what's safe, what isn't. This is all before vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nobody wow. knew if there was going to be a vaccine. Wow. And we talked about, like, we talked about renting a mobile home. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about, you know, driving all around the country. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, uh, making a, like a, a kit that we would send to people so they could tape themselves. Mm-hmm. But um, we, what we landed on was doing remote interviews uh, where we would hire and everybody was willing to work for, you know, the lower rate because mm-hmm. we couldn't afford much um, and because they weren't working. You know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of cameramen. They just weren't, weren't working during mm-hmm. COVID. So we get like a one man band or, or, or a two man band crew mm-hmm. and 
they would go to wherever the person we wanted to profile or interview wanted us. Some of some people felt fine with a cameraman in their house. Some people didn't. Some people wanted to do it in the park. Some people wanted to do it in their front porch. So we just, you know, we, we, we left it up to the subject. We didn't force anything on them that they didn't want. And um, then I would be on Zoom and there'd be a laptop sitting next to the camera where I would be. And uh, that's how I did the interviews. Wow. And I was so afraid they look really bad, and and they don't. No, they look great. <laughs> it, it really, it really seems like I'm in the room, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm very happy about that. How that worked out. And then you know we we did send like we sent a drone a couple places. Wow. And and, and yeah, no, you know drone to film. Um, and um, we did you know we did what we could do at a distance, and because we didn't have a lot of time to shoot b-roll or any other things and we didn't have enough money to you know to license stuff very much stuff yeah. uh we ended up doing cartoons and um if you know chunk no i the cartoonist on twitter um oh, his name right. is, is yes, donnie yes, gillespie yes. and okay. he do in the early days uh of trump he was doing a lot of this really bizarre but really creative animation hmm. and so i asked him if he would animate a piece for me and it was actually it was a money-raising thing, mm -hmm. but he did such an amazing job on it that I thought, you know what? Let's just animate where we can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we have his animation throughout the film. It's, it's the animation itself won one award. I don't remember wow. which festival it was, but um, but he's not even Donnie's not even a um, <laughs> a, a real animator he's uh, an architect whoa that's crazy that's funny because... but he learned the animation tools you know while he was doing his architect stuff and he just oh, he's wow. super creative he's a really talented artist and uh just a great great creative fun mind wow that's fascinating that uh, do you know bob suska yes yeah yes. He, he's my boyfriend and he you know he was oh. he was yeah he was a blogger for HuffPost for the longest time but I think it was before that though he was doing whatever he was doing and he was kind of messing around with animation and he mm -hmm. hit it he hit it with a viral uh, video it was the one uh, of course now the name is escaping me but it was the oh I'll think about it in a minute I'll, I'll remember it in a minute cause it was a big <laughs> deal okay. one and of course it's just right out of my freaking foggy brain but um uh it was about that Metallica the Metallica when they were so ups upset about um that site what was that site where you could get free music do you know what i'm oh, talking oh, about um oh yeah it was um ah and he did it he uh, did a cartoon on that and it's or an i animated. remember oh. <laughs> it's driving me crazy and of course every, everybody who's listening who knows it is screaming at us and we can't hear them but um i'll remember it in a minute but anyway so he did that video and that actually led to a full-blown like animation career for a big portion of his life but you know he's back to wow. podcasting yeah i don't it's like he he's, yeah i've heard him i've heard him on stephanie miller yeah. i've heard him um I, I obviously read him on twitter I, I read him wherever he pops up yeah he uh and it's funny because it's like it, he almost kind of like fell into it you know yeah. and, so in and, and yeah. similar well, similar I story chunk again i i know he's I mean, he he's a big architect like he designs like wow. football stadiums um but um and and he has i'm sure a, a big job right now but but i would work with him again in a heartbeat because he's just, just so creative and wow. so like upbeat creative Okay, now I remember what it was called. It's called Napster Bad. That's what it was called. Right, right, Napster. <laughs> Napster. Yes, okay. Yes. Um, that's so funny. 
You know, also, this is, I mean, obviously, some of the people that you interviewed, I don't recognize and I don't know them for Twitter or whatever, but so many people that you interviewed, I mean, I've had Joe on my show, I had David Weissman on my show. Um, right. You know, I, I absolutely interact with Helene, which is Helene Miller, which is uh, Joe's wife. And then yes, there's other people. She's a lovely, lovely person. She's so sweet. And it's so funny because, I mean, I know not everyone is in this. If, but if you're on political Twitter, you know these people, especially yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. like liberal. And so it feels yeah. a little like not a reunion, but it feels comfortable and it feels familiar. And well, I think actually, that's so cool. A, a, a lot of our staff. Wow. came from Twitter because we had so little uh, money yeah. that all our researchers uh, like, do you know says Dana? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah all, she was one of our researchers all our researchers so cool. had never done research for a film before, a documentary before and I made like a little booklet on how to do it mm -hmm. and our researchers you know, who did the pre-interviews and, and you know, looked for people uh, were people like Dana who had never huh. done it before and they just volunteered that's and, wonderful um, that was really, and you know, people from Twitter. <laughs> and <laughs> so cool. um, we had other people from Twitter actually working on it with us. Um, we had, uh, 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 we, we were able to, um, well, we were able to pull in a lot of, of connections from Twitter, which yeah. is great. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of crap that comes from social media, and I don't know that human beings are really ready to handle it at this point, but the positives are, are just amazing. You know, the, the relationships, I, I, one of my best friends right now, I mean, I, I, I didn't meet her through Twitter, but I did meet her through, I met Bob through social media, you know, you know we've been oh, together wow. for seven years. So, I mean, it's just, it's so funny how it works out that way. And it, there's like a social media family. And so I think that your documentary really has that feel to it. And what I wanted to ask you too is were, were there, you know, what interviews stood out to you and why? Um, it's hard to, it's hard to have a favorite. Um, <laughs> uh, in the David Weissman story, there's a really good twist with hmm. a really special person who helped him. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a really great interview. Yeah. Um, I just love her so much. And um, then, um, let me think. I mean, they were all great interviews. Yeah. Everybody was great. Yeah. Uh, I think David was the least comfortable in the beginning, but he gave a great interview. Oh. A great interview. <laughs> and he really, he really, he said a lot of really insightful things. I mean, the hard part was cutting them down. Mm -hmm. you I know, bet. Yeah. Because everybody had so many great insights. And, you know, that's what happens when you kind of come out of a cult or you come mm -hmm. out of a way of thinking that's, that's, faulty thinking mm -hmm. you you suddenly start seeing all sorts of things and that's yeah. i mean chris gibb the farmer he's a um he's a democrat now wow. i never thought i'd see the day wow uh david is yeah. a democrat now um i don't think i don't know if uh if um ron and cindy are i know ron probably is but uh, i don't know if cindy is no are but, they uh, evangelicals yeah okay yeah. wow um but Anyway, I mean, a lot of a lot of other things changed for some of these people when they started seeing, you know, especially when they with David, when he started seeing, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the machine, the publicity machine, the propaganda mm -hmm. machine that created Trump out of thin air, kind of. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's he's nothing. He's nothing like, you know, what they think he is. Right. 
Yeah, no, not at all. And I mean, I have a relative and I just spoke to her yesterday. She's a MAGA. And, and the thing is, is I, she is not, she doesn't push anything on me. We, we really don't talk about politics. When I right. was younger, you know, she was in my life and as, as, you know, a family member who cared about me and was loving. And, you know, right. I mean, she still has that loving quality, but she's, she's brainwashed. And right. so she was telling me about a friend of hers. Now, she's in her 70s, and I think that this friend is, you know, about the same age and has all mm -hmm. these health conditions and, so, and, and got COVID. And she, you know, multiple times had an issue, couldn't take care of herself, had some kind of social worker come and help. And she goes, and you know, that social worker saved her life. And I thought, then why are you voting against it? You know, you don't right. even know. Exactly. They, and, and that's the thing. It's like she doesn't realize it and they get caught up. And so what I wanted to ask, I mean, w did you find any kind of common thread? Was it anger? Was it uh, because what we always see and hear from people who are trying to figure out how somebody could vote for Trump, we attribute it to racism. We attribute it to misogyny, to pent up anger. I mean, are you are you did you see a theme in these interviews or was everybody different? We know it wasn't economic well, anxiety. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that's what we that's what was so great about this film is everybody had different reasons for voting for him mm -hmm. and everybody had oh, different reasons wow. for leaving slightly. Uh, uh, Helsinki was a big one among a lot of people. Yeah. Um, wow. But um, when when, you know, he went to Helsinki and was all chummy chummy with Putin and he said well I don't care what you know America's nine <laughs> intelligence agency says are were they wrong Putin says he didn't do it <laughs> and you know that was a that was a real watershed moment for yeah. a lot of people thank god I mean geez yeah. I know one of the people that you interviewed said um that most of their opinions about Trump didn't come from the media they came from trump himself so did you right. find that that was common um yes because the people who the people who changed had to pay attention to him mm -hmm. and what he was doing and, and they had to see what he was doing instead of just i mean it's it's amazing you know all these books now coming out of what was going on behind the scenes and and you know the tip of the iceberg is what we saw but right. what we saw was pretty terrible mm -hmm. and um you know people could call it trump derangement sy uh, syndrome all day but mm -hmm. he you know he turned into the nightmare that many of us predicted he would be mm -hmm. and uh and the coup thing you know i used to joke that before that <laughs> i used to joke that they were going to have to drag him out of the white house right and have his fingernails embedded in the in the resolute desk <laughs> because because he wouldn't leave and mm -hmm. and in essence that's what happened he yeah. didn't want to leave so he, yeah and um you know dictators and autocrats they never leave on their own no oh. no 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 oh my god and it's just it's surreal you know i mean we're, we're i was just i, I do a patrons only show and uh -huh. um i talk i talked about that today when i recorded it it's like well, you know what? I recorded two and I got rid of one, so I can never remember. <laughs> but the but the idea is that, you know, God, I mean, ultimately what I want to get to is when I was younger, when we were younger, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, Kristen Johnson, the actor, had tweeted out something like, well, I guess we peaked in the 90s and that haunts me. <laughs> every day because yeah. it's like when yeah. you think about it 2000 was the hanging chad fiasco and the supreme court yeah. decided that it was going to be um bush right and right. even though during those days 
things were okay. I mean, in 2006, the House, you know, when Nancy Pelosi became a House Speaker, it was amazing. So there, there was, even though it, it hadn't begun with the Bush administration, but things were starting to unravel even more. And, you know, we had, it was the weapons of mass destruction, the wars, and then the war crimes, right. and all these things leading up to what we're in now. I mean, granted, we had Obama, and then he was part of it because, unfortunately, a black, competent president right. pissed off the racists in this country and I think helped to create the, you know, paving to Donald Trump. Um, yeah. But I'm just also wondering, yeah. did anybody you were talking to offer any insight on how to get through to that base? Well, um, they, in fact, they're all sort of working on it. You know, Joe has a, a, a podcast. Um, is it a radio show or a podcast? I think, yeah, I think he it's might, a podcast. He might have both. Right. Um, but um, he um, he talks to people every day because he, he was a right-wing mm-hmm. talk show host for, um, for six years. Mm-hmm. And he had a huge loyal audience and his loyal audience were basically Trump voters. Yeah. So he still gets talks to them and he tries to find out what they're thinking. And, you know, it, it's pretty depressing for him, Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, it, that's, that's one thing. Um, you know, I think, uh, who else? The evangelicals, I don't know if they're talking to people or not. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm sure Ron is cause Ron, Ron is one of those guys who just makes friends everywhere he goes. Hmm. But um, Bacha is in Israel right now. Hmm. And let's see. Uh, Chris, well, Chris Gibbs is, is really involved in trying to make Ohio blue. Oh, that's good. And, um, you know, it doesn't look good because the gerrymandering yeah. there is so, so awful. Yeah. And, and they've actually broken the law. You know, they were ordered to change the maps and they just didn't. Right. Yeah, they just didn't. They, you know, I mean, some people are like, "Well, follow the follow the law, follow the court." You know, you can't. Yes, unless you're a Republican, apparently. I know. Um, because uh, they, I mean, how do you like that? I mean, the court, the Supreme Court of the state, basically said this is an unfair map. You need to fix it, and they just didn't. Mm-hmm. They just put it off and put it off till oops, too late to fix it now. Yeah. And that's just astonishing to me. But he's trying to to get people to understand uh, from a a rural point of view, because he's always been very involved in the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a very traditional, he calls himself a Reagan Republican. He's, you know, sort of traditional, all-American farmer, independent, doesn't like too much governor, you know, government overreach for his work. Mm -hmm. Um, Very, very basic stuff. And I think he's trying to, to get uh, people in Ohio to see things through his eyes, which is that, you know, Trump did really destroyed agriculture in the yeah. U.S. for a, a wow. number of years. I mean, he really made a mess of it. Wow. You know, we have to take a quick break, but we're going to be right back in a minute. Hey there, it's Kimberly. If you'd like to support the Start Me Up podcast, just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. You'll see all the different tiers. You can make your choice and you will have my undying gratitude. Thank you so much. Okay, we are back. Um, when you were talking about um, the farmer and how he sees, you know, very traditional, do you know how he feels about the current Republican Party? Because it's like we, we have a tendency to put so much focus on Donald Trump, but if Donald Trump right. were to leave the country or die or something, we're not finished with 
what no. he's left behind. And we have Ron DeSantis and we have people like Jim Jordan. So um, does this man, does this farmer recognize that or is he solely focused on Trump? Well, no, he recognizes it. I mean, he he felt that the, he feels and he says this in the film that what happened is he started to get out of step with the party even even a little bit, you know, around the Tea Party time, because he started to see populism mm-hmm. um, becoming the way that the party was was trying to manipulate their base. Mm-hmm. And you know, his <laughs> he has a great definition for populism. He said it's it's the the uh, the constant search for a, a villain to slay, but no plan to what what to do with the body. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! And I just think that yeah, he's got a lot of pithy things like that. <laughs> he's like salt of the earth farmer with all these great tales and and stories and metaphors and but um, but that is you know it's so true. And he said you know the thing about populism is it's it's all about tearing down. It's never about building up. Mm-hmm. And just look at the Republicans; they haven't built anything yeah. in years, in years. No. And and it's all about stopping and you know Mm -hmm. if they win the house which is very likely uh then it's going to be benghazi all the time it's Mm going to be 24 hour uh Mm -hmm. vengeance and and um hearings Mm -hmm. and and they're not going to get anything done no anything and you know americans are voting for this because they they think that uh, so many things about liberals that they think that are wrong Mm -hmm. Uh, that are just wrong but you know liberals democrats have not for years they've let the right define us they have and i agree with that without pushing back Mm -hmm. and so now you know i can talk to some my cousin and she says you know well um i never vote for democrat could never get me to vote for democrat you know and it's her whole family and it's like Mm -hmm. why yeah you think, do you think we're bad? I mean, do you think we want socialism? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm a capitalist. I mean, I love capitalism, but I just think that, that it needs guardrails mm-hmm. because greed is one of the oldest human emotions. Right. Well, and we have, we do have some, we have democratic socialism, socialism when it comes to the police department and the fire department and roads. And, you know, I mean, our taxes pay for that. And I think, you know, there can be, capitalism and some democratic socialism that co coexist and everything's great you know i mean right. it, it's like obviously we have to pay for these roads and i don't think that we should you know rely on private um private no, industry that, or anything that's what they want and, yes and you know and that's the thing privatize everything I mean, right that, that really started with bush uh well yes. with reagan did that too but yeah but bush um bush too was really into mm-hmm. privatize everything yeah and he tried to do it with social security and yeah. he failed right and Thank God. i don't think that um does your friend who's a maga does she know I don't even know. To... I don't even know. She's she's my relative, and relative. I yeah I won't talk to her about politics because I just don't. I mean, she gets angry, so I can do it without getting angry. I mean, I can feel yeah. the anger, but I won't show the anger. It's like I just try to sit on it and and reason. But you know, it's like, in fact, there was the conversation that we had in 2012, way before Trump, and I I asked her, which we have never had an argument, and we have never yelled at each other. And so I said, who are you um, going to be voting for in, in 2020 for the Republican nominee? And, oh, my God, she just started yelling at me about Obama. So I wouldn't yell, like, I wouldn't 
take the tone she was taking with me, but I did raise my voice to say, I don't care what you think about Obama. Who are you voting for, for the Republic? Right. And I wasn't going to argue that Obama was great or anything. I just want, and I swear to God, it was like 10 minutes of her screaming at me until I finally just screamed louder than her. And I'm like, I don't care what you think about Obama. And and then, but so- you know what that is? That's, that's, that's thought stopping techniques. It's, it's, um, they pick up these uh, talking points because mm-hmm. they're repeated over and over the same ones and mm-hmm. they're coordinated. Mm-hmm. They're very coordinated. Uh, you know, I think a lot of them are, are even, you know, like focus group shops. Yeah. Uh, they used to be anyway, um, back when, uh, I don't know if the Franklin's is still doing evil things, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he's an evil genius who came up with things like, uh, you know, compassionate conservatism mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, you know, the Clean Water Act, which is just the opposite. The right. Clean, I mean, you know, it basically, you know, gaslighting you with words. Yes. Um, but um, and he's a genius. He's just yeah. he's just caused so much hell because yeah. you know people people want simple th- they want things explained simply. They want mm-hmm. simple answers, and they they vote and they feel through their emotions instead mm-hmm. of their head, mm-hmm. um, which is okay. You know we all do. We, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know when you start when you get people who un- understand sophisticated psychological warfare right. techniques yeah. which is people like bannon and flynn i mean mm-hmm. that's what they do yeah really sophisticated stuff and this has been researched since you know the chinese uh you know communists in in the 40s mm-hmm. um it's basically mind control techniques yeah. brainwashing but it's it's influence is what it's undue influence mm-hmm. and you can you can get that if you've seen my friend jen senko's documentary uh, the brainwashing yes, of my dad i have yeah um it's it really is brainwashing and when you're in a cult you have chants or hymns or sayings mm-hmm. that are are you use as a thought stopping technique so if somebody says something that challenges the reality that you've been given mm-hmm. and you've chosen it's not the reality of reality it's your mm-hmm. des- decision of how you're going to see the world you you have a, a you can just sing or you can just chant or you can just hmm. you know uh, say yeah. um over and over or whatever it is and that stops your mind from going to wait a minute right you know wait a minute they do want to get rid of social security yeah. so it's it's and that's probably what happened with her is she was yelling in order to not yeah get go because for whatever reason she needed she needed to you know to block that off yeah and i think but, she felt threatened like maybe i was going to start arguing with her and it's like i wasn't going to argue with her i just wanted to know and in fact her her choice was ted cruz oh, God. a lot of people <laughs> thought he was great i know i, just don't, I, I, I don't get it, I don't get <laughs> but, it um, he's such a I jerk mean, i get trump even more than him i know i know <laughs> And she hate, of course, she was like many uh, MAGA people who didn't like him at first. I mean, I always go back to chicks on the right. Are you familiar with those two? No. Ugh, it's better that you're not. But they have, uh, I guess it's like a video podcast and they have a website. And anyway, it's these two women. They started this whole movement or whatever. I don't even know what you call it. They call themselves chicks on the right. And then they say conservative needs a, conservatism needs a makeover. Because basically they're not all a bunch of old white men. They're people like us. And so, you know, they're like my age. They're they're Gen Xers and um, they're fully hateful. But the funny thing was, is, you know, back in the day in 2012, when I started getting involved in, you know, being vocal online, I mm-hmm. was the spokesperson for something called Rock the Slut Vote. 
And so they, they <laughs> heard about that and they just ripped us to shreds. And so, you know, I, that's how I was introduced to them. And I started following them because I wanted to see what they were saying. And the, the really weird part is, you know, I mean, they are mean girls. Um, and they, they have, they have the, they're not compassionate conservatives at all, but, um, they think they are, but they're not. But the thing is, aside from their politics and their mean girl, because I'm not mean girl like they are, but if I were to work with them and I didn't know their politics, I'm sure we would get along because they're kind of sarcastic and I'm sarcastic and, you know, we have similar senses of humor occasionally, not all the time, but anyway, so they hated Donald Trump with just a fiery passion until he Uh became the nominee and then now they love him and so I think you know that's another part of it it's like they just are so good at marching in lockstep and you know exactly we are not (laughs) we are not we are so diverse but that's I mean that's I think that's an advantage to us but we need to be able to do it when we have to Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. and the the very far left, I think, um, does a huge disservice yes, to I agree. the party in general because you know n- people don't really want to abolish the police. Right. Uh, they don't want um, uh, open borders. Is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't have open borders. No. <laughs> Those the people that the Venezuelans who went to Martha's Vineyard had turned themselves in yeah. at the border. Yeah. They had filled out all the paperwork and they were going to wait for their hearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, you know, that, I mean, that is the process. And people mm-hmm. don't understand the difference between asking for asylum and illegally swimming yeah. over. Right. I mean, I know somebody, I have a, a colleague who swam over. That was Cesar Wallant. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah, he swam across. <laughs> he, you know, he tried forever to get across and he finally did. And he had like a hundred bucks in his pocket. Whoa! And uh, <laughs> and he gave most of it to the to the cab driver who drove him, you know, into San Diego. Yeah. And um, you know, and and he he did he had to pay a fine for it, and he he did do go through the process mm-hmm. later on, mm-hmm. but not for many years. You know, he was yeah. he was under the radar. Now that is an illegal immigrant. Now you know he actually brought a lot of good stuff to mm-hmm. America, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, and certainly to you know those of us who worked with him and, mm-hmm. and the dogs he's worked with, and um, he you know became a citizen. He actually could have become a citizen after he got married, but he did. He's very macho, and he didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to do it. He didn't want his wife to be you know the reason that he right. got citizenship. So right. I mean, he went through the test. He took the test. He had a tutor, you know, hmm. um, uh, and he paid, I think, I don't know what the fine was, but it was considerable. Mm-hmm. And no. that's, but, but that's somebody who comes illegally, mm-hmm. somebody who turns themselves in at the border mm-hmm. and says, I want to apply for refugee. It's apply. Mm-hmm. It's not even, they don't just automatically get it. Yeah. And, uh, th- then they have to wait for their hearing. Yeah. And that's what those people were doing. They weren't, you know, running around stealing your jobs. <laughs> they wanted to work. Yeah. They wanted to work right away. And it's funny how so so many of them now are going to Florida to help clean up. Wow. And yeah. And then Isn't that the, ironic. It is. And then of course, what we hear uh, from the right wing media propaganda machine is so different. And then unfortunately, it kind of spills over into the liberal crowd because we are such a big tent. That we have, you know, conservative Democrats who right. sometimes are open to some of this propaganda without even realizing it. And, oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I've seen it happen to so many people I know. And and also, you know, 
this is just me, but I just don't think this is a time in history where anyone can afford to just be, well, I can't, I can't be political. I'm too right. busy. Right. Exactly. And I know so many people who are, and of you course. are in the entertainment business. I mean, yeah. it, it takes over your life. Yeah. It's not regular hours. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's, you're constantly worried about the next job. I yeah. mean, it's, it's very overwhelming. It's a huge, you know, stressful business as mm-hmm. is like the law mm-hmm. or Wall Street or whatever, <laughs> you know, people just want to do get through their lives yeah but i don't think they understand that things will change massively dramatically yes dramatically i mean massively they won't recognize this country no and they don't realize that it's gonna look like they think it's gonna look like you know 1950s america it's not no 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 yeah i mean we are we are so past that point and you know, I mean, I've, I've said this so many times, so I'm not just going to I'm not going to go on about it. But because I had the opportunity when I was 12 years old to live in communist Russia, you know, I, I get that America is different in that we've had freedom, a certain amount of freedom, whereas Russians had no freedom ever. Right. And so, right. you know, it's one thing when you have a country that's always been under that kind of autocratic rule. And then it's another thing when you have a country. But but I still say that if, if this country turns into a fascist country, it's not, I mean, I don't know, we saw, was it in Budapest last night, there was a bunch of people standing up against Orban, and I would I know, hope that was impressive. That was impressive, and, and I know that people were doing it in Russia when, when first, you know, when Ukraine was attacked, but I mean, the American military would be able to keep people from overtaking any kind of government. I mean, I, I don't know how long it would take if we actually did turn into a fascist country, but the fascism, like you're I, saying, I think they it don't, would not be in my lifetime that we would get I don't back. think so I don't either. Think. I don't think so either. I think it would be horrible. And, you know, if you haven't experienced it or seen it with your own eyes, it's kind of impossible to imagine it. And, you know, you just think, oh, it won't be too bad. And it's like, oh, hell yes, it will. Because it's like what we've seen in red states so far is literally just a taste of what they oh, would yeah. do. It's not the and full they, blown. It's so funny. They talk about socialism. What they're doing is more like socialism than 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 democrats i mean it's more like communism yes it's basically one party rule mm-hmm. uh it's it's censorship mm-hmm. it's uh it's um propaganda mm-hmm. and it's you know i just don't like where it's leading at all i no. mean i think it's leading i i feel like the dehumanization of of mm-hmm. you know democrats in general of black people of mm-hmm. of of other people of color of immigrants of muslims all that dehumanization, I think, is going to come down, and that's why you get people killing people because yeah. you can, if you, if the person isn't human, you can kill them, you know. And that was yeah. that was the whole, the whole Germany Nazi Auschwitz right thinking, yeah. you know. I yeah. mean, these were not full humans, and they even had a, a phrase that I don't speak German, so I don't know <laughs> how to say it in German, but it, it was called "lies unworthy of life." Oh wow. And that's what they called, uh, you know, basically vermin. Right. Um, Jews were vermin. Gay people were vermin. Mm-hmm. Gypsies were vermin. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't like, you know, the intellectuals mm-hmm. got taken away. The yeah. artists. Yeah. Um, and that happens everywhere. This is mm-hmm. like, this is not like rediscovering. Right. <laughs> reinventing the wheel here. This is this is playbook for, for fascism. And how these Republicans think that, I guess they just could only see themselves on top, mm-hmm. but it's it's just a given that I mean I wonder how many of those three hundred thousand men now being sent to die right. in in Ukraine mm-hmm. uh, by Putin voted for him and supported right. him probably a lot of them mm-hmm. probably most of them mm-hmm. um, he didn't care 
No. You know? And that's the thing. The, a, a dictator will always turn on always. everybody. Yeah, always. They just use you. And, I mean, like they're using Herschel yep. Walker. You know, I mean, it's clear yeah. what's happening there. And, you know, yeah. we've got Newt Gingrich now saying, yeah, well, he's had many concussions. And it's like, yeah, I don't think you think that's the argument you think it is. But they don't give a shit. They just don't care. No, they don't care. Um, and, and you know, I think a lot of MAGA people and people who are being fooled by them, who are giving money to Donald Trump right now, <laughs> with, you know, for his lawsuits, which is insane, um, they don't understand. They think oh, you know, we'll have a dictatorship and they'll just go after the people I hate. Mm -hmm. And I, I always say they'll start with those people. Yes. But they're going to get to you and yeah. maybe fast. Right. You don't know. You don't know what you might do yeah. or say or own or you might get sick or something. Yeah. Something happens to you mm -hmm. and and you can't get out of it because it's it's a system. Well, yeah, and if they take away your social security, and that's a huge reason, you know, why you're able to live and pay your rent and eat, you know, that's just going to, they're going to get rid of it. And I, and I know, I, I'm, I'm so upset about that. I mean, yeah. I've been paying in since I was 14. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, all of us have that. Now, here's the last question I have for you, and this is something that's mm -hmm. been on my mind. So I'm just wondering what you think about it. But I mean, I know in the early days of Trump, you know, not, not real early, but as we were recognizing, okay, he is breaking all the rules he's going against norm he's ripping everything apart um so many of the guardrails have not been addressed in this current well in the last two years now granted we've had cinema and mansion stand in the way of some of those uh right. efforts but you know there are so many things that trump showed us where we were broken and right. i you know i don't know that we've been able we certainly have not been able to address um, some of those issues, some we've tried to because of certain senators we can't. And I'm just wondering, let's just say, because there, it looks like the House, I'm not going to go for likely is going to go red. I'm, I'm saying that it's possible Democrats could take it based on, you know, the people I've been following who have been tracking the polls, plus the fact that all these new, re newly registered Democrats because of Roe, um, are not taken into account because of the polls. I mean, I know we have the gerrymandering, but just in case we do, if we're fortunate enough to keep the House and expand the Senate, what do you think are the most important issues we should address before 2020, 2024? Voting rights. Mm -hmm. Boom. I mean, I think voting, I, I think it should be, honestly, I think it should be a felony to interfere with somebody somebody's uh, uh, right to vote in any way. Yeah. That includes fake robocalls about giving them the wrong mm -hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of that. I think it should be felony. Yeah. I mean, it's it's their right to vote. It's it's the basis of what this nation was was mm -hmm. you know made. Mm -hmm. And and uh, what it's so that's number one. Um, I think that uh, ethics rules for judges. I don't think they should ha get yes. to make up their own ethics. Wow, that's a good. I one. think there should be rules. Yeah. I think there should be rules that are that the Senate enforces i mean yes. it's supposed to be checks and balances of mm -hmm. all three right? right nobody's checking the supreme court mm -hmm. nobody's checking the judiciary mm -mm. and they need i'm um, you know back in the day there was a thing called honor <laughs> and that was when our founding fathers wrote wrote the constitution and they never they didn't assume people would be pathological liars or a whole party would be right they didn't assume that they yeah. assumed you know that people who 
aspire to higher office would be, you know, gentlemen who, um, you know, obviously just men, um, gentlemen who, who, you know, had earned their position and they mm -hmm. studied history and they had, and, and pretty much that's who they got for mm -hmm. a long time. Um, uh, and I think now it's just somehow the, something broke mm -hmm. in the system and I, ha I think it has to do with the truth. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we're in the golden age of lying. Yes. And I just, I hate lying. I hate liars. <laughs> and I just feel like everybody, that's what everyone's doing right now. Yeah. Lying. Yeah. And um, it's, I wrote a novel <laughs> about how reality TV contributed to this. I wrote it in 2013, not knowing that Trump would be. But I actually, in, in an early draft, I had a, um, a, a reality show for president um, and somebody thought it was just to, I, I showed it to a couple people and they're like, wow, that's a little, that's jumping the shark a little bit, <laughs> which is so ironic. Oh yes, I wish it I'd is. done it now. It might oh have been my a, God. Know, more popular book. Right. Wow. Now, is it released? I, oh yeah. It came out in 2013. It's, it's an indie publisher, um, named, um, uh, apostrophe books. Oh, right. Okay. Um, What's the name of the book? It's called, um, reality Boulevard. <laughs> and it's um it's on Amazon. It's sold. I mean, it didn't sell a lot. It got it got one of the best indies of 2013. Oh, that's cool. Now I want to read it. Um, though I want to read. It. I want to watch your movie and I want to read your book. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just the the novel. It's just basically from the moment I saw reality TV starting out, and you know, you can sound like an old fogey, like in my day we used to. Yeah. <laughs> but when I started out doing nonfiction TV, and this is NBC, mm -hmm. we had to fact check every statement we made wow and we had to have double source hmm. on the script mm -hmm. in order for for the legal to pass it mm -hmm. do you think that happens now no I, no no <laughs> nope. no and, no no you know, I, I think it should happen mm -hmm. and I, I just wish that people would learn about primary sources and mm -hmm. you know I mean if Tucker Carlson says things like um, uh, you know Give me a Tucker Carlson lie, for in, for instance. There's so many. Oh my God, I can't even think. Well, I mean, he's obviously he's told so many lies about Trump, but he's he has praised Orban and, and other dictators. I can't think of a lie off the top of my head. I can't think of one. <laughs> You'd think yeah, they'd, well, they'd be it, flying out. I just I, there's so many, and they're just. I mean, the border. He constantly lies about the border. Like there's big oh, border, border right, crisis. Right, right. Yeah, people are pouring pouring over more than ever. Like mm -hmm, no, actually. Mm -hmm. Well, and they're actually arresting more drug dealers than Trump yes. was. Yes, <laughs> and Trump they're acting like that's families. Bad. Trump, Trump yeah. was stopping, and this is this is documented. Trump is stopping families. Yeah, because that was that was Stephen Miller's ideas. We're right. going to break up families, and that's going to stop them from coming. Right. But um, which is insane, <sighs> insane and sick, and horrible. Yeah. But but um, no, I mean the idea is to catch drug dealers at the border. Yes. That's not, the whole point. Yes. Break up families who are applying for asylum and, you know, and have them. I mean, there's people that are lost forever in that yeah, system and right. what happened. Yeah. There's kids who will never see their parents again. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. And I mean, I do, you know, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. We need to get voting rights fixed. But then I think we also have to take it a step further. And I don't know if he'll do this, but expanding the court, because if we do lose, if, if, if for some reason we lose in 2024, um, they're going to take it to the Supreme Court. And 
you know, were the, well, let me let me take it back. The Supreme Court is probably going to undo laws that Democrats passed about voting. So, you oh, know, yeah. yeah, I think that that would be the danger. I mean, it w- I think we have a better choice of chance of winning if we can get those uh, bills passed, especially because, um, you know, I mean, I don't know who it's going to I mean if, if it's going to be Biden, if he's, if he's, you know, he said he's going to run again. So if it's going to be Biden against someone, even if it's Ron DeSantis, which who knows, you know, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with him. But the, the thing right about now it's Trump. Yes, right, <laughs> right now, now it is. Yeah. But um, I, I actually think DeSantis would have a stronger cho- a chance at winning. And the reason I yeah. say that is just because Trump has lost so much already. You know, he's lost basically two elections. He was impeached yeah. twice. And, you know, all these decisions from the courts ruling against him, even from some of the judges that he's chosen, I think that, you know, because he's a proven loser, I think, and he lost against Biden, people would, I think, have a much easier time. I always go to my old car mechanics because they hated Trump, but, you know, I don't know if they voted for Biden, but they either didn't vote or they voted for Biden, but but they hated Trump. I could easily see them going, oh, yeah, let's give DeSantis a try. And so, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, and let's then just give them a try. That, let's yeah, just that's give one a of try. the. That's one of the. Uh, uh, in my in my um, film, Chris Gibbs talks about you know, hey, look at just give this guy a chance. He's got right. some new ideas. Yes, exactly. And what we're going to see if that's the case is a young man versus an older man. And you know how the right is going to, it doesn't, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter with somebody like Herschel Walker, who is clearly has issues from concussions that they're now saying out loud. And I mean, I would never want to make fun of that man because of his intelligence. I think he's a horrible man because he's, you know, violent and held a a gun. Yeah, he's a wife beater. (laughs) He held a gun to her head. And then his son is on social media saying they had to move six times because, you know, he of his violence and his threats. So, um, you know, I mean, but it's like, I, I just ultimately, I think that, you know, if we, if we're running somebody like a DeSantis against Biden, they're going to go with the optics and they're just going to focus on old decrepit man versus young man. And, um, that's what they're going to turn it into. So that, the, that, that, (laughs) those bills are so important because I think that, you know, I don't think we're out of the woods, with somebody like Ron no, DeSantis, and, but it would no, make it a and, lot and, more fair. You know, fair. David Pepper talks a lot about, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, state houses and yes, state politics yes. because, uh, yeah. you know, 25 years ago, Republicans, you know, the Kochs and, and the Republican think tanks realized that's where we have to mm-hmm, start. Mm-hmm. And if the Supreme Court throws, um, you know, throws uh, the state independent let state legislature uh, thing you know like mm-hmm. that states get to determine their own winner mm-hmm. right which yeah. is insane god yeah but if they do it because you know there's five people on that court who mm-hmm. would prefer theocracy to what we have now mm-hmm. um that you know that's that's really bad yeah but um but we let that go democrats let that go democrats yes. made, i mean have made a lot of mistakes and i feel like i saw this movie it's a, uh, uh, I think it's on Netflix. It's called Speak No Evil, and it's a Dutch-Danish co-production. And it's about a Danish couple who go to visit this Dutch couple um, who they met on on holiday, and they have kids the same age. And it's a horrifying movie, and the ending, I was not prepared for the ending. It's so horrifying. Hmm. But um, I saw a metaphor there, the Danish couple who go along to get along, mm-hmm. 
get sucked in by the the Dutch couple who are, as you will find out, really bad. <laughs> um, uh, but they but they keep coming back to be nice, to be polite. Right. They keep wow. letting them. And I was I know that obviously the filmmakers did not make it as a metaphor for America yeah. and Democrats and Republicans. But I saw that I saw. And the ending is so awful. I thought, you know, I'm not giving it away. But yeah, it was like, that's America. That's right. The, we just we just we just, you know, niced America to death. <laughs> yes, it's so true. Oh, my God. Well, I am excited to now also read your book. I'm going to read your book, but at first I'm going to watch your your movie. Um, before I let you go, why don't you tell everybody where to find you? Oh, okay. Um, well, I'm on Twitter at Melissa J. Peltier, P-E-L-T-I-E-R. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on Instagram at ScribeMJP. Um, I am not uh, – my Facebook page is more friends and family. Mm-hmm. I still have it. I didn't yeah. dump it because um, <laughs> I just I, – I have – you know, so many phases to my yeah. life and people that from all the phases are there and I didn't want to lose them. And so that's a tough one because I really think it's evil. But, um, yeah, so you can get me there. You can find me on IMDb or LinkedIn. Very and cool. uh, also um, uh, our movie, this is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. If you can't find me, please don't bother. <laughs> but <laughs> find, find this movie. It's called The Game Is Up. Uh, Disillusioned Trump voters tell their stories. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, that's where I'd love you to watch it and leave a review if possible. But it's also on Google Play. And both Amazon and Google Play are obviously commercial free streaming. Yes. And then it's on AVOD, which is um, a new kind of platform where it's streaming with ads. And that's okay. uh, it's on uh, Tubi, where a lot of people have Tubi now. Right. Um, and uh, so you can watch it on Tubi also. And you can watch it on my distributor's YouTube channel, which is Indie Rights. Okay. Awesome. Well, so I will definitely be watching it on uh, on the Amazon um, Prime. Great. And, I good. Yeah. You and, don't want to see it with commercials anyway. No, I know. You want to see the- <laughs> No interruptions. And then I am going to leave a review. So um, everybody go do that. Watch this movie. Follow Melissa. I'm author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget the extra E. My books are on Amazon. Melissa, it was awesome talking to you. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. Yes, I could talk to you for hours. You're awesome. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'll have to come back. All right. Well, you you take care. Okay. Thanks, Kimberly. Bye-bye.